This is Marriage to the Max, episode number 98. Well, hi, and welcome to another episode of Marriage to the Max. I'm your host, Kelly Hurst. Hello, Kelly. This is Brett Hurst, your husband. And we're marriage educators and co-founders of Home Encouragement. And this podcast is designed to help you take your marriage to the next level. All right. Well, today's episode is called How to Suck at Communication. My goodness. It's a very edgy title. (laughs) But we do have a resource before we get going. Realrelationships.com is a website by Les and Leslie Parrott, who are some of the nations, I will say the world's maybe, uh, most well-known marriage educators. They are great. They have tons of books. They've got assessments. They've got all kind of great. And they just have a really, really good website. And a lot of this information came from a kind of a a combination of blogs that they put out. So I wanted to give them a little shout out. So sometimes we discuss topics that are solely pertinent to marriage, but this one I think can benefit every interpersonal relationship that we have because every single one of us has room to improve in the area of communication. None of us really arrive at being just perfect communicators. (laughs) With a few exceptions. Yeah, with a few exceptions, Brett Hurst. <laughs> so this is just a quick little episode, but it, the, you know, we've we've done podcast episodes before about communication and and you know, we've kind of come back and again to some real tried and true things. But these were some things that I thought might deserve just a little bit of extra love. Uh, to talk about on a particular show. Well, let it fly. So the so these are kind of the five no-nos of communication, mm-hmm. right? If you want to suck at communication, do these things, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I number suck. one is when you are not just in conflict, but really just in general, seethe in silence. Seethe in silence. Yeah, this is a way to really be bad at, at communicating. So, is, so seething not in silence. <laughs> <laughs> Better. Do you see? see? That's what I try to do. Do you seethe not in silence? Is that possible, or do you only seethe and be silent? Okay. Okay. We're getting off track. To derail. Okay. Well, here's the here's the point. Silence is a powerful communicator. You're communicating even when you're silent. Absolutely. Some couples believe that their their non-talking is a lack of communication, when in fact it's the opposite. Oh, contraire. When you don't talk. Silence sends a surplus. Boy, that is alliteration. Silence sends a surplus of negative messages. She sends a surplus of silent (laughs) seashells. Silence is powerful in its own way. Silence is not the cause of poor communication. The fear of pain is the cause of poor communication. Always? I think a lot of the time, yeah, I, probably. Sorry. Because we do autopilot communication based on self-protection mm-hmm. most of the time. Right. And so a lot of couples will, maybe they've had a history of fighting a lot and they've decided, okay, no more fighting. And then it just becomes two people not talking at all. Right. Silence rules the day. Yeah. So the point I want to make here 
is just if you think if you're thinking that silence is not communicating, think again, Mm -hmm. because you're still communicating something. Mm -hmm. And sometimes your silence communicates louder than what you would just say. Right. I'm sitting here pondering whether I should be silent the rest of the episode. As long as you're not seething, (laughs) then I think we're good. What about blaming, Brett? What do you think about? So we have seething and silence, then we have blaming. Well, when you blame, Kel. (laughs) Thank you. I'm just kidding. (laughs) You know, when you're blaming, you're what? You're finding fault in the other person. Right. That's, you're expressing defensiveness. You're also kind of shirking off any responsibility or personal accountability. Mm -hmm. If I blame you, then I don't have to deal with any wrongdoing on my part. Right. I'm in the clear. So would you so would you say blaming is a form of defensiveness? Certainly. Yeah. Yes. Usually we blame when we feel threatened. Right. You know, the spotlight's on us, so we just kind of flip it and say, yeah, yeah. But what about you? Or if you were doing this, yeah. X, Y, and Z. It's funny. We've talked in the past before. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Were you? You know what? I did interrupt you. I, maybe I just didn't mean to. Well, don't blame yourself. <laughs> okay. I just want to say this. It's amazing to me how... Some of us learn growing up that it's emotionally safe to admit wrongdoing. Say that again. Some some of us learn that I can say I was wrong and everything's going to be okay. Okay. I did not learn that. Mm -hmm. And we've talked about this before on the show, Brett. When you and I got married, it took me years to be able to say, I'm sorry. Oh, I remember. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks. Sorry, um, I wasn't blaming. You. Yeah, um, but just, you you actually were a lot more healthy about that. Like you could say, "I was wrong," but, you know, "I'm so sorry about that," and and you were fine. Well, because I got so good at being wrong. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's it's an amazing thing the the forms of coping that we will learn mm. to avoid admitting wrongdoing. It startles me sometimes. Yeah. No, that's a good point. Yeah. But blaming is definitely part of that. Well, and it makes you ask whenever you, whenever blaming is taking place, you want to ask the question, what, what's going on? What's what's going on beneath the surface? Mm -hmm. What are you really afraid of? Yeah. And a lot of people are afraid that if they admit wrongdoing, they'll be what? Criticized, shamed. Sure. You know, and. I, I actually think it takes some practice and it sort of builds up your, I don't know, your emotional muscles to practice saying I was wrong and realizing that it's going to be okay. Or your partner's not going to steamroll over you if you say you were wrong. Sorry, I was seething in silence. I'm kidding. Okay, so <laughs> so we know seething in silence is bad. Blaming is bad. Yes. What's another no-no? Well, it's called distracting. The distractor resorts to irrelevancies when they're under stress. So they often avoid direct answers. They're quick to change the subject. They generally feel that if they avoid a hard conversation, it will just go away, but it never does. It always comes back. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. So, and I've, I've been with with people who are distractors under stress. And this description is very uh, true. Mm-hmm. They'll they'll talk about things that don't really matter to the situation or they just avoid the direct because they just are afraid of being in the hard conversation. Mm-hmm. So they just distract with other subjects, with other you know, types of conversation. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's a way obviously to just 
not move the ball forward. So if you want to suck at good communication, be a distractor, learn the art of distraction. (laughs) Okay. So what about appeasing? This is one too that's very interesting because a lot of people I think have the the misunderstanding that if I just play nice and be a people pleaser to my spouse, all will be well. Yeah, we've dealt with lots of people. Maybe their temperament is designed that way to where they just, they want to avoid conflict. They don't want to go deep. Mm-hmm. So if they just say, yeah, you're right. And they're not even really engaged in the conversation. Mm-hmm. So there's not really communication happening. They're appeasing just so they can get in and get out. Yeah, they pacify the other person according to the other person's demands. They use language like, okay, okay, whatever you want, or don't worry about me, I'm fine. Everything is always about making sure the other person is okay, Mm -hmm. which sounds like a noble thing. Right. That sounds like, oh, well, that's how you play nice in marriage. More a lazy thing than a noble thing. It's a fearful thing is what it is, because usually the appeaser doesn't think that he or she is worth saying how they feel. Hmm. Or maybe they don't think there's an emotional safe place to say how they really feel or or to push back. Yeah. Or maybe they just don't want to do the work. Maybe so. Yeah. So, so they're kind of a peace at all cost Mm -hmm. kind of a person, but we've, we've learned personally and professionally peace at all cost. There's always a cost. Right. So uh, there's always a personal cost and you can keep that up for a while and then eventually the peace at all cost person goes, I'm done mm-hmm. being the the peace at all cost. I'm ready to say, because it's too much weight. It's yeah. too much pressure. So they all of a sudden pivot and mm-hmm. now it's, <laughs> That's not, a I don't pew, care about pew, peace. Pew. It's like, boom. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then there's something called computing, which I had never really heard that term before, but the parrots were talking about it in one of their blogs. And this is the person who just remains calm and collected and only deals with facts and stats. Mm. They they do not bring any emotion into the space at all. They don't want to engage. Exactly. They typically fear emotion, Mm -hmm. so they don't easily admit mistakes and they let other people display their emotions. Mm. But the people who compute may need someone to actually ask them how they're feeling about certain things and help draw that out in them a little bit because they're so used to just not engaging in a deep emotional level. Just staying in a land of facts and figures. Yeah. And again, this is something that I think some people think is a noble way to be Right. because they're like, well, I'm not getting all, I'm answering. I'm not yelling. I'm not crying. I'm not. I'm staying calm. Exactly. Right. But as we've seen, that doesn't usually connect people very deeply. Yeah. So in this case, they're staying calm and disconnected. Right. So it's calm and disconnected. Calm That's a good way of. But they're not communicating. Right. Yeah. So these, yes, yes, I don't yes. know, these ways of communicating are, like I said, these were terms that, I mean, aren't in the everyday conversation of communication. I just kind of thought they might, might be an interesting uh way to look at some more nuanced things. These ways of communicating are likely the result of feeling stressed or hurt about something. Mm -hmm. Um, But we just want to say, don't settle for weak or even damaging forms of communication. We want to say, don't suck. That's right. This is your marriage for crying out loud. Don't you want it to be rich and deep and... (laughs) So Kelly, are we sucking right now? Uh, How are we doing? No, I think we suck on occasion, but for the most part, we do pretty well. Oh, come on. <laughs> See, you you don't even like to explore that we of might. Of course I do. For one no, moment. No, no, no. 
<laughs> I'm with you. I know. I know I suck. <laughs> no, that I was admit a, it. that was a good conversation. <laughs> I if, admit it. I'm trying to appease you. But. If you'd like to contact us, and I don't know why you would, <laughs> you can find us at marriage to the max.org. Also, we hope you'll follow Marriage to the Max on Facebook and Twitter. And if you have a topic or question you want us to discuss, send us an email to thehursts at homeencouragement.org and we will do our best to get that on the air. We also hope you'll share the love by rating us on Apple Podcasts. Please don't suck at doing this. <laughs> and we'll be thrilled if you would write us a review because this really does help us in the podcast space. And don't tell us we suck. <laughs> Thanks for listening today. And until next time, remember, healthy marriage, healthy world. God bless y'all. <laughs>